We're talking about the love of God. Everything works by love. If you look, watch the video right there. That's our 10 core values. Love is our foundation. It's what we chose as a foundation, a core value for our church. Without love, we're nothing. And so we talked about the gifts of the Spirit last Sunday. Uh, finished up. You asked for it. Somebody asked you, can, can anybody be using the gifts of the Spirit? The answer was yes. But if you read 1 Corinthians 12, right at the very end, it says, I'll show you a more excellent way. And then he goes into 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to read a little bit, just a little bit of Scripture. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, well, uh, it says that it's, the whole chapter is about love. You know, I preached a whole year on love one time and didn't use the same Scriptures very often. The Bible is full of the love of God. You know, that's one of the foundations that we can get. It says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. If you don't have love... And look at the next verse. And though I have gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I sh uh, could remove mountains, but I do not have love, I'm still nothing. Because you're doing it in your own self, right? And although I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So we got to have love. Everybody say it's about love. Love, love, love. And so we're going to look in... And 1 John chapter 4, if you got a Bible, turn there. Just hold on. We'll probably read most of it by the time we get through with this. But the, the last point is really the heart of this message. So I'm going to roll through the first two or three points and, and just, just roll through this because we need to know God is love. Let's get that straight. We get our doctrine out of the New Testament. The Old Testament can be confusing because God wiped out a whole people. There are no more Chaldeans. Hmm? I mean, they, they were on a strip of land like New Jersey, and they, those dudes were warriors, and they end up running Babylon, okay? Nebuchadnezzar was a Chaldean. You don't think about it, but there are no more Chaldeans because they also represent the devil, and God's going to wipe him out too. Glory be to God in the, la in the end. Of, uh, you know, we're going to kick the devil in the pit, okay? Y'all going to be there with me? All right. So let's, let's look at number one. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is how life works today. Love. And you know, I, as I preach this, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to heal you where you don't have love. You ever met somebody who, who hated women because they got hurt by a woman, a man? Become a woman hater. I've seen women become a man hater because they got hurt by a man. I've seen people uh, disarray, in full disarray in their life because their parents hurt them. Last night, we had an altar call for people who were church hurt. Churches hurt you because it's full of imperfect people. I've been accused of hurting people. And I got a list of people. No, I don't have a list. I get, I get rid of them. People have hurt me. One, one young man who used to come here said, what are you doing with all them knives in your back? Dude, there are people stabbing you in the back all the time. Don't bother me. Jesus is Lord. That's what that means. You know, last Sunday I said it's good to have... You know, he's the king of kings. It's good to have Jesus as king. It's also good to have him as your brother. It's good to have my brother as king. But don't ever forget, he's still king. Okay? My brother's king. His name's Jesus. And I'm in his family. And you're in his family. But he is the king of kings. And I can go and hug him. Because, see, we're reading out of John. And John said, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. 
Well, he, Jesus loved everybody, but he is so personal. John said, he loves me. He loves me and he loves you. Can you say that Jesus loves you? Say that with me. Jesus loves me. So number one, we know God through love. Let's read 1 John 4, 7 through 11. It says, beloved, let us love one another. You ought to memorize verses 7 and 8. That's your homework. Y'all go, okay, amen. Say amen, pastor. I'm going to get that. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. For everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God is love. So, so that's, remember, I laughed at Jericho. She said, I got it. God is good. Devil's bad. It's how simple it is. God is love. Devil is hate. So God is love. And so that's how you judge it. If something's coming down the road, I don't look like love. I'm getting out of the way. I'm not letting that in my house. We pulled up at the house last night, and there was a stray cat, and, and my wife is, you know, she talks real, you know, like a but that's right, get out of here. <laughs> I started laughing. But you ought to do the devil that way and said, oh, devil, oh, oh, oh. No. Don't give him any, don't give him any comfort. He is not your friend. And he may come in looking with blue eyes and blue jeans. He is, or she may come in blue eyes, blue. They are not your friend. Come on, the devil will send people, won't he? Won't he? So God is love. In this love, uh, in this, the love of God was manifest toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God. Come on, he found us. He sought us and he bought us with his redeeming love. You ever remember that one? But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. That's not a Virginia word or a Louisiana word, but that means that Jesus took the guilt, the shame, the, the, the wrath of sin for us. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Because you deserve to die and go to hell because of sin. But hallelujah, Jesus took it and went to hell for us. So he, he is our sacrifice. He's our savior. He stood in our place. That's how simple that is. Beloved, if God so loved us, we are to love one another. So that's the key to the message. It's time to start loving one another. Come on. Start thinking about it. We'll, we'll talk about it in deep. 1 Peter 4, 8 said, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Well, you heard about that lady. She's been married seven times. Why are you telling me that? What any good is that information to me? You're gossiping. Love each other deeply. Love covers a multitude of sins. You know what? I'll find out if I need to know. You know, if they're an axe murderer, that's different. But come on, gossiping? Let's love one another. Let's hold one another up. Let's build each other up. Number two, we see God through love. If you want to see God, you're going to see him through love. <laughs> People want the pulpit just to be seen. It's about love. It's about love. If you want God to recognize you, start loving people. Start serving people. Let's get back to it here. And, and 1 John 4, 12 through 16. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. 
I want to hold on right there. Leave that scripture up there. He has given us his spirit. The Holy Spirit is the down payment to heaven. The Holy Spirit's our assurance. You can't talk me out of God. If God abides up here, you can talk me out of God. I like to watch those guys argue whether, you know, he's an atheist or an agnostic. And one's telling, you know, he's trying to prove God. And one's other's trying to deny God. You cannot talk me out of God because his spirit lives on the inside of me. I have that down payment. I have the assurance. I know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God because the spirit of God lives in me. And God wants you to have that same assurance because you know what? As a teenager, I used to lay in bed and the devil would crawl in bed with me. And if he's never, you're lying if he's never crawled in bed with you. And he'll tell you, you're not saved. You know you're not saved. You know what you did tonight. You're not saved. You're not saved. You're not good enough. Well, I found out I was never good enough. And I can never be good enough without the blood of Jesus. But you know what? When I accepted Jesus Christ, the spirit of God came on the inside of me. Shoot, I even got filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God came on the inside of me and I have tasted of heavenly things that I can't back up from. God is too good. He's too good to back up from God. He is mighty. He is worthy. And he lives on the inside of me. So let's finish that. Verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love of God that God has for us. God is love. There it is again. And he who abides in love abides in God. So let's real quick. I want you to bow your heads. We're still just halfway through, but it's time to get saved. If you're in here right now and you do not know if the Spirit of God dwells in you, you don't have that assurance. Today's the day of salvation. God sent you here to get saved. And now's the time to get saved. Do you know Jesus? Are you sure? Does his spirit live on the inside of you? Come on. I ask you to close your eyes because I want you to check your heart. I want you to look at your heart. Are you a child of God or not? Do you want to be a child of God? Do you want to know that you know? Will you just raise your hand? Just raise your hands. Anybody? I see those hands. Anybody else? God is working on you. All right, so let's all confess it. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he was born of a virgin. I believe that he lived a sinless life. And I believe he died for me. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, all right. Hallelujah. That's it, isn't it? What is that hard? Anybody, you know, did, I always say, anybody get hurt? No. God's good. God's drawing you. And if you're a child of God in here and you say you haven't been living right, today's the day to come get closer. Don't be like Adam and Eve. What did they do when they sinned? They hid. Where are you going to hide from God? Where are you going to hide from God? Is there a cave deep enough? Is there a star far enough away? You can't hide from God. And let's, let's go ahead and go there too. If somebody said, and they start condemning you, God's going to get you. Now, I always go back, well, why ain't he got you? Because he's not a getter. God's loving you into the kingdom. It's his grace and mercy that's calling you close to him. And he wants you right by his side. I got three grandchildren, they want to be right by my side, and I want them right by my side, and that's the way God is. He wants you right by him, 
And if you stumble and fall, he doesn't kick you out. He picks you up. And he puts you, you know, I told my kids, you go to jail, I still love you. He's still my kids. I even come visit you. But I ain't bailing you out. Uh, me and me. No, you don't. But anyway, we, they're still my kids. But there's a place where we please God. God, I want to please God. That's our goal is to please God and quit doing what we want to do. That's where he's calling you closer. Okay, okay. Number, where are we at? Number three, we mature in God through love. 1 John 4, 17 through 19, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment or involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. I want to go back and look at that. You know what? If you're a child of God and you got this assurance that I'm talking about, you, ain't, you shouldn't be afraid to die. Come on. The most dangerous people in the world are the ones who aren't afraid to die. And a believer can get to the place where they're not afraid to die. The devil has nothing on them. You know, the devil has hooks. He can hook you with alcohol, gambling. He can hook you with drugs. He can hook you with prostitution. He can hook you with different things. But there's no hooks in you when you ain't afraid to die. You're searching for something in this earth to satisfy you, and nothing satisfies but God. God's love is the only thing that satisfies. Everything else is fleeting. It's wood, hay, and stubble. It's not going to last. But the Spirit of God on the inside of you and the Word of God in your heart, you ain't got anything to be afraid of. When you stand before the judgment seat, when you stand before the great white, you ain't going to be before the great white throne. You, you, your sins are forgiven. Come on. We're in. That. We're in. So come on. Let's have that assurance. Say, I'm in. Say, I'm going to heaven. I've got no fear. No fear. I know. I know. It's a friend of mine. He has a full beard. This is... 20 years ago, I'm going to tell you how old I am. And he had this bump come up on his face. He's like, and the devil goes, it's cancer. He goes, oh, my Lord, I've got cancer. Oh, my Lord. So he got to digging in his beard of his ingrown hair. And the devil says, it's cancer. You know how he comes with you trying to attack you with fear and trying to put something on you that you don't have? He's a liar. And even if the, if the doctor says you have it, you can stand in the word. You can go find out that Jesus is the healer. He went about doing good, Acts 10, 38, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Guess what? You got saved. God is with you. God is with you. Say it with me. God is with me. He's empowered me. That God, it's getting a little weaker the more long before we go. No, that ought to have been a shout. God is empowering me to live the good life. Quit looking at what you have. You're going towards the good life. We ain't never had anything. We've always been a day late and a dollar short in my house. And we, you know, it's time to change that. It's time to change that. I changed it. I changed it. My kids have definitely changed it. They're standing on my shoulders. I'm standing on shoulders of people who taught me the word. I taught my children the word and they just, they're blowing up. But they were praying for the sick, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12. They're praying for cousins at the family reunion. It's time to start training our children up. Let them know who they are in Christ. Not your blood. You know, I'm going to go back just, just for a second. Let me. Blood is thicker than water, and people won't say, well, 
We, we brother and sister, it's thicker water. No, no, no. The blood of Jesus is thicker than the womb water you were born in. Let's get it right. We're in the family of God. I love my mom. I love my dad. But Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. And as I love him more than I do my mama. And I, it was hard for me to say as a teenager. Because when a preacher said that, I'm like, shoot, my mama fries chicken. I, I, I don't know if I can love her uh, less than Jesus. But I found out that I'm supposed to love her until I turn my eyes on Jesus and he becomes my source. See, that's what family's about. Mom and dad provide for a baby in arm, teach them how to walk, train them up in the word of God, and the children turn their eyes toward Jesus and their lives are changed and they're forever focused on him. Amen? Amen. Parents, you only have your kids for 15, 16 years. Uh-huh. Train them up right. So let's go to the last one. This is where we really want to stay obedience. We got to obey it then. Let's be a doer. We must obey. We must be obedient to love. It's our part. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our teacher, our guide, but it's our part to do what he says. And I don't care how mean people are. I don't care how ugly people are. I'm going to make statements here in a minute and and to help you, but let's let's read it. Uh, 1 John 20 through 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. So let's deal with it. Man, if there's any kind of hating in your heart, you got to deal with it. If there's any kind of, you know what? You got to let that stuff go. You know, somebody said it. Unforgiveness is a poison. You drink hoping it hurts somebody else. But unforgiveness hurts you. Let's get it straight. We cannot live in hate. We have to live in love. But it's all right. I'm going to show you something in a minute. And so... So he's a liar and he does not, uh, let me start over. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, it's a commandment. He's not asking. He's commanding that he who loves God must love his brother also. So if you can't love your brother whom you see, how can you love God whom you cannot see? If you cannot serve your brother whom you see, how can you serve God whom you have seen? If you can't honor your brother who you see, how can you honor God who you see? I'm going to let, you know, it's it's a little heavy. That's all right. We're going to judge ourselves and we're going to get over it. Okay? You have to get over some things. So, so, so let me say this. The person you're not forgiven is influencing you more than God is. Because this is the commandment. But God's not going to bend you on, oh, okay, Lord, I'll forgive them. No, he's not going to do that. He's asking you. It's time to forgive. You want to move forward in the kingdom of God? You got to forgive. So here's how it works. We love everybody. But we choose who influences us. And you may not have, have, have actively chosen to let somebody you have not forgiven influence you, but they are. If you pull them up at 3 in the morning and, oh, you can't get them out of your head, they're influencing you. They did me wrong, Pastor Brett. Don't matter. Jesus did you right. And Jesus is greater than them. And God is greater than them. Your perspective, Prince's perspective, I love that because our perspective has to always look at God. And we have to see who we are in Christ. 
We're the children of God. And it's time to forgive. It's time to love. It's time to let things go. You know, the things that were said, things that were imparted. I tell stories about my, one of my one grandmother. She, you know, her picture's in the book by worry. She's in the dictionary. Worry. I mean, worrying about this. She wouldn't let me get in the water to learn how to swim. She said, you ain't getting in the water till you, can, till you know how to swim. I'm sitting on the bank. Uh, you can't learn how to swim in a bathtub. I'm like, let me get in the water. Nope. Ain't nobody here to save you. You started drowning. You're not getting in the water. Couldn't even put my feet in. Think about it. You know, worry, fear, and that was put into me. And I, I had a, a, a fear of water. How about a fear of storms? Who influences you will put things in you. We need godly influences, don't we? That's not the TV. Be careful what to put it in you. What's putting in you, you got to change what's putting in you. You got to have the right people around, and you get to choose and pick. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to listen to that one. I'm going to pick my preacher. I'm going to pull him online. I'm going to read the word myself. I'm going to study what people have written about it and explaining like I'm explaining the word. And we're going to choose who's going to influence us. You don't want somebody that's a woman hater influencing you and telling you about how you should, your marriage ought to go. You don't want somebody that's a man hater been hurt by men, married and, and heartbroken and still heartbroken influencing you about marriage. You don't want somebody that hates their parents tell you how to deal with your parents. You guys need to have somebody in your life that's influencing you towards the love of God, towards forgiveness, towards letting go, towards releasing people and grabbing hold of Jesus. You can't make it without Jesus. We can't make it. This, this life's too hard, isn't it? And so we've got to turn. Even when it gets hard, God's still got our back. He still loves us. Well, he don't know what I'm, yes, he does. You don't know. Yeah, I don't have to. He does. I, I'm not the fixer. He is. And he can come in and sweep your house. This, you are the house of God. And he can heal your heart. You got to let some stuff go. There's some people that you have to deal with. They may, I'm talking family. But they're not influencers. They don't have to be your influencers. That, you know, they, they, I've been made fun of by what doctrine I believe. My, my family's Christian, most of them. But they like to pick and choose. I'm, I'm, I'm settling on this. Well, there's more. Come on, God's a healer. More than just, oh, Lord, if thy will be done. Jesus said to pray the will of God down on the earth. If you don't know the will, how can you pray it down? Jesus went about doing, Jesus perfectly pleased the Father. He went about healing people. So he said, I don't say anything except the Father tells me to say it. I don't do anything except the Father tells me to do it. I like the way somebody described that. I don't say anything. You, you, we need to practice that. Because you ever had somebody come up and say, you know, you know, my dog was running down the road and we was doing all this, that, and they start doing. They start fading out. You're talking too much. Jesus didn't put those words in your mouth. Okay? But I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. I just want to talk for a minute. But, I mean, if you're going to witness to somebody, you don't go from Genesis to Revelation an hour and a half later, they're going, 
You need to speak what God tells you to speak into their heart. You ought to be prepared, Lord. I don't know what to say, but you're going to put the words in my mouth, and I want to say only what you tell me to say and go straight to their heart and see them saved, see them healed, delivered, discipled, and set free. See, you want to walk in with some power and not just a bunch of words. And nobody, nobody wins in an argument. Well, I'm arguing for God. No, you're not. He doesn't argue. Come on. If you caught the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't need to argue. Somebody was going to debate Brother Hagin one time, and they had him in, on TV. And so they went into the green room, and Brother Hagin's sitting there, and he's just meditating on the Lord, and the person going to debate him was another pastor. And he just got convicted by the Holy Spirit and said, I can't do this. I got to go. And got up and walked out. That's what you're supposed to be. You don't let anybody affect you. I'm not going to, you know, he, he didn't even know he was there to debate. He's just there with the presence of God, the Spirit of God, but they set him up. But the Holy Spirit took care of him. You know the Holy Spirit will take care of you. You ain't got to defend yourself. Just walk away. But I can't, I can't let them, no, that's pride. That's pride. That's not Jesus. I just, I'm just spitting this out here because, see, pride will put you in that unforgiveness loop. You still remember it because of pride. They hurt me. They don't care about me. Let's look at the last two right quick. A and B, we are to honor one another. Are you honoring people? You know what the Bible says to honor the Lord your God. Romans 12.10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Ephesians 6.2 says, honor your father and mother. 1 Peter 2.17, honor all people. Let the brotherhood, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Honor the president. Don't throw any stones. Don't care what religion you are and politics. We're supposed to pray for the president. We're supposed to pray for our government. Paul told Timothy to honor widows, elders, the bond servant to the master. We're supposed to honor people. And then the next one is we're supposed to submit to one another. Oh, boy. It's all right. Stay with me. I'm going to explain it. Will you be glad to do it? Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another, to be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. The last boss I worked for, I talked to him this past week, matter of fact. And he was like my, he called me brother when I left to come pastor this church. He said, you know, you're my brother. And he started crying. I said, I'm just going up there to try out. He goes, nope, you're gone. I said, wait a minute. I hadn't got that. He said, no, you're gone. And he was my brother, but he was my boss. We were equal. I'm a man. He's a man. But I humbled myself to him as the boss of the company. I honored him. We went fishing together. We hung out together. We did all kinds of things. He wants me to come go fishing right now. If I called him, he'd, quit. he'd take off work, go fishing, because he's my brother. But he was my boss, and he was tough as nails sometimes. But I still I honored him. I, when a new hire come in, I'm having to train him. I said, he's the boss. I said, there's a right way, a wrong way, and his way, and your way, and you need to do it his way. Because if you do it his way, you're going to prosper, and he's going to take care of you. 
because he was an honorable man and he kept his word, but God was on him to do business. You ever met somebody that could do, that God was on them to do business? I've met people take $5 and make $5,000 in, in a week because they have a, they're blessed. Michael Jordan was blessed to shoot a basketball. There are people blessed to handle money. There are people blessed to handle the anointing for healing. There are people blessed to handle the anointing for wisdom. Not just supernatural wisdom, but just godly wisdom. There are people that are whizzes at math. That's a gift. And so what I'm looking at is you need to honor one another. And when you honor another one, one another as equals, that's where it works. If there is no honor and you submit to somebody, you're a slave. If there's no honor back, whether they're your pastor. See, I, I, I'm your pastor. You honor me. Uh, you submit to me. You don't submit to me. You submit to the word that I preach. I can't tell you how many kids to have, how many, what kind of house to buy, what color car. That's, that's, nah. that's, that's me taking authority over you. That's not my place, and that is wrong. My place is to preach the word and you to live it. I took what my pastor preached to me and flourished. Never was I so blessed when I sat under a true pastor. And I'm telling you this because if you don't, you don't have to, you don't follow me. You follow what I preach. If you don't like what I preach, there's a hundred churches in this county. I'm not, I, I love you. I want you to hear the word of God and your life be changed. You to be saved, healed, delivered, discipled, empowered, and serving. For you to know God, number one. For you to know God and God loves you. But God is real. Whoo, he's so real, he'll change your life. He's so real. He don't want to leave you where you're at. He'll take you out of poverty. He'll take you out of sickness. He wants to do good in your life. And if you will start believing the word of God we preach because it's straight out of the Bible, everything I've read, God wants you to honor one another, love one another, and to walk in love. And you'll see your life change, and you'll be changing other people's lives. But it's time to get rid of some stuff. Everybody do this. I'm getting rid of it. What, what did Jesus tell the disciples? If they didn't receive you, dust off your feet. Come on. So dust off the things of this world. Dust off that unforgiveness. Get it out of your life. Sweep it out. See, God wants you to be that vessel of honor. When you start studying honor, looking at this, God wants us to be a vessel of honor, and you can't be because you're full of unforgiveness. Maybe you're mad at God. Listen, listen. These big beautiful vessels of honor, when they got cracked, they became trash cans. And if you're in unforgiveness, you're a trash can. And God didn't make you to be a trash can. God created you. He wants to heal that crack. And I can go into how they healed those vessels. They did it with blood. And the blood of Jesus wants to heal you of your unforgiveness and your strife that's in your life. Bow your heads. So I said the day that the Lord wanted to heal you of unforgiveness, of strife, of anything in your life, let's let it go. So let's pray this prayer. You say, I'm not in it, but I, yeah, we're going to take care of that too. So say, Father, come on, say it with me. Say, Father, I come to cleanse my heart and my life of unforgiveness, of strife, anything that would hinder your love in my heart. Father, let me see the things that might be attacking me and let me take a stand for the love of God, for the Holy Spirit,
to do a work in me, to change me, to be like you. Father, I receive today everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.